0: Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, why they care, and what we can do. And most importantly, what you can do. I said most importantly twice, because it's-
1: Doubly, it's doubly important. Great intro. It's
0: doubly important. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Rant9 Productions and can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. I am your chief philanthropod, Jesse Ulrich.
1: I'm your vice admiral philanthropod, Chris Miller.
0: And today, we talk to Dr. View, the executive producer of Fire in Little Africa.
1: Talk to Dr. View about Fila, Fire in Little Africa, white supremacy and the Capital insurrection, and of course, his PhD dissertation and album.
0: Now, this this episode, like many Pod for Good episodes, gets into Tulsa's racial history. And because of its closeness to the Capitol insurrection, you might hear the three of us be a little more fired up than we normally are about white supremacy. So prepare yourselves for that and enjoy this interview. Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good. I am your chief philanthropod, Jesse
1: Ulrich. And I'm your vice-admiral philanthropod, Chris Miller.
0: And today our guest is Dr. View, aka Dr. Stevie Johnson, one of the executive producers of the Fire in Little Africa multimedia project. Uh Dr. View, hello.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: I, I think I feel like I'm feeling better than both of you who are currently fasting for reasons.
2: So. Oh abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh. what's what's this anthro? What's it called? Oh, philanthropy. That's about? the
0: that was our joke that Chris and I came up with in our first episode about what we were, because we are podcasters for philanthropy.
2: You need to coin that. You need to trademark it. You need to do all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm being so serious right no, now. I,
0: I'm, I, I have an intern starting next week. That intern is definitely okay. going to get some merch and philanthropod is <laughs> going to be on there.
2: So Absolutely. Get, keep Absolutely. a lookout
0: for that on our website somewhere in the future. Dr. View, for people who don't know, tell people what the Fire in Little Africa project is.
2: I think it's evolved over time. I think it started out as a, as a multimedia project that consists of an album, a documentary, curriculum, and podcasts. And it's evolved to more so a movement, obviously with the pandemic and certain things that have happened both locally and nationally. For example, Trump coming to Tulsa. Um, I think finally with Africa and just how we've viewed ourselves and how we see how we can truly be a a beacon of hope for Tulsa, but also for, for the nation and, and around the world. I think that truly epitomized what, what FILA is. And so obviously it was a project where we galvanized 60 artists, primarily from Tulsa, Oklahoma City, and Lawton. And we recorded the project in March 2020. And I always give people context. The Oklahoma City Thunder were playing the Utah Jazz that Tuesday night, and Rudy Gobert came out with COVID. And we were planning to start recording on that Thursday. So I got a call from my boss, Steve Higgins. Shout out Steve Higgins. And he was like, are we still doing this? And I was like, Steve, if we do not do it this weekend, Final Africa will not exist. And lo and behold, the world shut down right after the weekend we recorded. So yeah, it's just been really dope to see. We recorded over 143 songs in five days. And we actually developed a model out of... Uh, J. Cole has a label Dreamville. They have a compilation album, Revenge of the Dreamers, that came out in 2019. And I was actually in my dissertation. I was actually finishing my dissertation and I saw the documentary on YouTube. It's like 30 minutes. And I was just amazed that J. Cole talked about, you know, I never want to regret not being able to work with another artist. And so the first two Revenge of the Dreamers are Mainly the artists on the label. And then the third one was they invited artists from around the world and they recorded, I think, 300 songs in 10 days. And I was writing my dissertation, watching documentary, and I was like, man, if I, if I ever get a chance to do that, it would be awesome. And lo and behold, here we, here we are. Final Africa is a commemorative project. It is for the ancestors. It is for the artists. It is for those who feel marginalized and oppressed. It's a conversation to, Black people about, like, loving themselves. It's about truly holding people accountable, holding everyone's feet to the fire. That's what we lead with when Fire in Africa. How do we put everyone's feet to the fire, from myself as an executive producer to the artist to our sponsors to to whoever? How do we make sure we hold everyone accountable? So, yeah, like, Fire in Africa is a, is a movement and and truly something that will speak um, to the world and, and to other Black Wall Street's across the world.
1: It seems like right now Black Wall Street Greenwood is having kind of a bit of a pop culture renaissance a little bit, both nationally and locally. But it feels like at least nationally, whether you're talking about what we've seen on a couple of HBO shows or otherwise, it's been other people outside of Tulsa telling the story, telling the narrative. So how important for you was it to have people from Tulsa connected to Tulsa, you know, telling the story?
2: It's absolutely vital. I knew this was going to happen. I, I, obviously like anything that's, that's big, there's capitalism is probably right behind the door. And so it was, it's always been the conversation that we're the localized artists, the, the culture. And we also reflect like we are the new black wall street. We are our ancestors' dreams. It's always been vital to get it right. We even actually tried to reach out to some of those individuals to say like, Hey, like, We were here and we wanted to support what you're doing to highlight our work, but it hasn't been the case. We're not really worried about it. We're we're grateful for what they're doing, but we're very, very adamant about making sure that we're telling the story on on our terms. And we even did a lot of, of research prior to recording. A lot of the artists that we selected were like, hey, like, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but like, I don't know anything about Black Wall Street. And. The ability for us to connect with folks with the Oklahoma Historical Society and provide information to artists about just not only Black Wall Street, but Oklahoma history, like pre statehood to Greenwood blossoming in the ni- early 1900s to uh, urban renewal to, to all these different elements that really affected the Greenwood community. And so we just are very intentional about how do we keep this localized community organization together in a way to like truly make ourselves feel proud about what we're giving to ourselves, to this community, but also to our ancestors. So it's definitely vital. And we also know, and I'll give another example. Charlie Wilson was on The Breakfast Club a few months back and he, Charlie Man the God was saying like, hey, like, I feel like Watchmen and, and, and other shows have tried to play with the idea, but I feel like no one has really told the story like the way it needs to be told and in that moment i knew that he was talking exactly about and little africa um, they didn't mention a the name they didn't know anything about it but in that moment i was like we're filling the void and we're going to be able to tell the story in a way that people have heard the stories on like which on a uh, lovecraft country or watchmen but there's certain particular elements of the story that we're telling that it's not being addressed in those particular mediums for sure
0: just to make sure that i'm correct in this the the title "Fire in Little Africa" comes from the the cards that white people sold after the race massacre, with a picture of I'm not sure which building it is burning, but it said "Fire in Little Africa." That, am I correct in
2: that? That is accurate. That is accurate. And actually, the font that you see in there is the font that you that we currently have for "Fire in Little Africa." It's traumatizing, but yet we're we're trying to. It's, it's been really difficult. The pandemic, the racial epidemic that I, that I see happening in America. To be black in America, it's, it truly is very difficult. And putting this project together while seeing all these things happen, like it's a lot. And even me, like going to therapy, has really saved my life. So those things actually were written, and it, and it's it's unfortunate, but those are things that we're definitely going to to talk about in this project,
0: no, yeah, definitely the the selling of cards commemorating it in a good way is one of the most upsetting things that you learn in this process because it absolutely. it's not you would believe that the the white Telsons who did this would be ashamed afterwards, and they weren't. they were the opposite, and absolutely it's and that's where. I'm a cultural historian by academic training, and so I am fascinated by the idea of using culture in general to not only tell the story, but sort of elaborate on the the feelings and the sense of it, because 100 years is a long time, and human beings are not good at thinking about distance in time and how both short a time 100 years is and also how long 100 years is.
2: Yeah, always hearing the you should get over it narrative is, is, is always a part of it. But I think it's I always beg the question, like, why, why would you say to get over it when the black dollar was circulating 19 times before it left the community and that people were actually flourishing? Like the ramifications that we see when, you know, Tulsa was on the first 48 or like certain violence that was happening. It's, it's truly because of what happened in 1921. Black people were flourishing. Like people were not bothering people or anyone. They were just in their own little bubble and yet their lives were taken. And another thing I have to mention, like I live in North Tulsa. I live, my backyard is my favorite place, but yet I recognize that the the land that I occupy is, is filled with blood. And I don't take that for granted. I don't take that like very lightly that I, I occupy a space that these ancestors allowed me to be a part of and like, really helping me to understand, like, this is not about you. This is not about the artists on this project. Yeah, they will get their shine, or credit. But this is about you getting the story, getting our story correct and, and giving us the, the love that we deserve. So, like, this is a very spiritual, ancestral body of work that we're really trying to liberate people, for sure.
0: Chris and I both use this podcast as our therapy. And also to the people who say get over it, I would like to point those people to what happened at the Capitol last week, because those are usually the same people who are telling you to get over it. So I say to them, Absolutely. get over it.
1: Listen, <laughs> it only Time clearly doesn't matter because within like a day of that happening, they were saying we should get over it and unify. So, I don't think it's what? really about the you amount of time. think it's about time. something else? I think it's it's just about <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So I, I know, obviously, it's very important for you to give this the respect and emotional heft that it deserves. How do you also make sure that it's good music? How do you make sure that the music and the art is good as well as capturing the, the subject?
2: Steph Simon is another exec on this project well as St. Dominic. And, you know, during the information sessions that we had prior to us going into the recording studio, that was the thing is like, we, this can't be corny. Like this can't be just, Oh, in 1921, this was, this is what happened. And, and so it's just like, if, 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 if it doesn't jam, like it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go. I think we have a great uh, group of folks who, whose egos are out of the way and are just like, no, this is not going to work. Like, 10, 12-year-old kid is not going to listen to this, and this is why. Or mm. someone who is who is in their early 50s, like, they're going to listen to this song compared to this song. So it is a delicate balance. I would call it a organized harmony, just really just, like, trying to put the pieces together. And I think more than anything, we're just allowing the story to kind of, like, tell us where we need to go. And obviously, with the production piece, like, we're going to make sure that it sounds, like, with great quality, but... Yeah, for the most part, we're just like if it doesn't jam, like it's it's not going on the album, and that's really been the, the fun part of just taking it from 143 songs, and now we're down to 21 that will be on the album. It's just been a really dope experience to see all the producers and the artists who are part of that team to to really knock it down and justify why we had why we needed certain certain records and maneuvering people. Hey, I love this this verse, but I would preferred to be on this song. So it's been a real collaborative project of putting it all together.
0: So th- there's not one like 20-minute long Rapper's Delight-esque version of the retelling of <laughs> The Race Massacre? Absolutely okay, Just, not. Making sure. as, Just making sure. Just making sure. Not that I wouldn't as, be actually as, be interested in that track, <laughs> but I don't think it would have the <laughs> cultural cachet that uh, we are looking for
2: in this. They would look at us and be like, man, <laughs> who are these guys? <laughs> they do not deserve this opportunity. Oh, man. But um but Yeah from
0: the time you started recording this to now, like America has gone through even more things than just the pandemic. There has been a string of killing of innocent black Americans by uh, Mm -hmm. the police. There's been a very racially tinged election we just went through. There was the uh, insurrection that we just experienced. And I feel like, I don't know if it's a combination of social media the fact that everyone's stuck in their homes or should be stuck in their homes, or if, if there's been an even more like polemic break between the two Americas. But I feel like there is a sort of awakening of the idea that a majority of Americans have not realized until recently that there, there are systemic things in society that benefit them, and they haven't realized it until now. I, so I, I hate good. asking all of our guests who are black, like how they feel about it as a black person. Cause I,
2: I'm gonna ask anyway. You gotta do your due diligence, yeah. I mentioned earlier that therapy has really like saved me because what I've been preparing for, what I've prepared for in 2020, for 2021, is just being present in the moment. I'm a very like, vision is like one of the biggest strengths that I have. I can just kind of predict like where I need to go and who are the people that need to be a part of that you know, whatever I'm working on. And with other things I've been seeing, like obviously being at home, I've enjoyed the fact that I've been at home, and been present because 2021, I'm going to be all over the place. And I've just enjoyed just being with my son and my wife. And for us to have, he's three, but to even just see him grow and develop and just reimagine what type of life or world that I want to see him have once he grows up. Just to answer your question, like, to make it plain, I'm just tired of all the shit. Just quite frank, like I'm just tired of it. I mean, I will give a, a, an example today. I I said the Centennial Commission is was a sponsor for Fire in Little Africa, and I said like, hey, like, why isn't Senator Langford removed from the Centennial Commission? And no one they they're saying like this is a a non partisan situation, and I'm like, there's no such fucking thing as Bipartisan or nonpartisanship when it comes to race like either you're you're either with us or you're against us and so what I've been doing is I see it and I see it locally even with the the mayoral election I voted for Greg Robertson I Greg had me Going to people's houses. I've never like been on a street team and knocking on people's doors and getting people excited like he was someone I truly believed in and you know, I'm seeing all these things, and I'm just like, I want to make sure that Fire Little Africa's brand is in alignment with everything that's going on racially, whether in Tulsa or the nation. And if it doesn't fit what we what we have, I don't care who's in power or who, what what money people have given, I could care less. It's about the 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 alignment and the values that we represent. And a lot of people will have a lot of pushback with that, but I don't care. Like this is. I'm not here to, like, make people happy or in the words of Derek Bell with critical race theory. I'm not here in relation to interest convergence. Like, that, that, that has nothing to do with, with what I'm doing with this project. It has everything to do with people being happy and excited about the work we're doing and opening the access for people to live. Like, we're, we're surviving out here. No one is living. I'm just tired of it. I'm just fed up. I'm, I'm calling it out. I'm calling it what it is. It's white supremacy. And people are afraid to, to say these things, but I think that's the benefit of being black. You can say what you want to say and not get away with it and, and, not, and not get in trouble sometimes, especially when it comes to race. I'm I'm just at a point where I'm, I'm just present in the moment. I'm just calling it what it is. I'm holding people accountable. And if people don't like it, then you don't have to be a part of it. It's just that simple.
0: Well, I, I don't know Chris's take on this, but I'm definitely on. I don't know if there's a hashtag yet for uh, <laughs> fire. uh Fire sander from commission. That uh, gets like too long. We, somebody, somebody out there workshop me the hashtag to get him off that commission because I've, I've, I've never understood his, mm-hmm. his ability to sort of play these roles when if you looked at any of his actual policies, you could tell he was not really an ally of, of black Oklahomans, but that's a separate podcast,
1: really. Who would have thought Senator in- Inhofe of the two would have been the most rational in this most recent situation?
2: It's insane.
0: So you you are less than two years from finishing your PhD from the University of Oklahoma in higher education, higher education administration. It's not just higher education, but the running of higher ed. And again, we're not going to super dive deep into your dissertation. Maybe we'll do that for like a bonus episode for the academic nerds out there. Because again, as someone who (laughs) specifically did not want to get their PhD because they did not want to write this dissertation (laughs) and go through all of the bullshit that is involved in getting it, I am... I am both surprised and amazed that this dissertation was one al- was allowed and you were able to finish it. And it's fantastic. But there are some ideas in it that I thought would be interesting to talk about. And you mentioned one of them, which is like people hear the term critical race theory or critical black. Is it black
2: critical theory? Black black critical theory. Yep. Can you define those two for us? So critical race theory is the theorization on race. And in my dissertation, I use it as the foundation, like. Everything that my dissertation around anti-blackness centers around race. But it's what I argue is that it was limiting because it didn't focus on these other isms around sexism and classism and homophobia, transphobia. And so how do we talk about that in relation to black blackness? And so black critical theory is a theorization of blackness and specifically talking about blackness and how it's how the body is perceived and. And how we truly try to like reimagine how blackness could, could be used in ways that elevates like black people. So that's a distinction. It's just a kind of a continuation of critical race theory. It's just kind of like, hey, these are the gaps that we see. Um, but it's a prime example of, of fine little Africa. I mean, the foundation is is critical race theory and and the agency is being placed with black people to create this project. And it's it's just a beauty beauty to see that a lot of times a, You know, people write about these things, they theorize, they create these methodological and theoretical frameworks, but to actually see it actualized. A tangible example is truly where the work, work, um, work, work, work is at. So,
0: I mean, and I have to say, I'm, I'm impressed that you both finished the dissertation. Like you wrote a very long dissertation <laughs> and made an album at the same time. So,
2: I, I actually have a quick little story to tell if it's okay. You mentioned getting it passed. It actually didn't get passed originally. So I, I started my program 2015, 2017. AD Carson from, he's now a professor at University of Virginia. He was the first person to come out with a rap album dissertation, but it was his own dissertation. But he's a rapper, but I don't rap. I, I I produce. And so I garnered individuals to be a part of my research study who did rap and make music. And I was excited about the opportunity. And my original chair said, I'm resigning. You are an immature doc student. You don't deserve to be here. This project is is it's not it, yeah. Like able to overcome that and and still get it passed in four years, it's it, it was truly a blessing. And then to be able to see how it's being being utilized, like with FILA is truly a blessing. So just make sure I had to, oh yeah, listen. Point I, that out. I mean,
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna link your full <laughs> dissertation in the, the episode notes because you won a dissertation okay. of the year award. I didn't know there was an award for best dissertation.
2: Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Association for the Study of Higher Education. Yeah, so it's a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. I
0: I knew there were probably stories about the difficulty in getting this uh, PhD approved, because it's a real, I mean, it's a system, it's a model that does not in any way align with how people or academics work these days, and yet we are forced to do this thing where we spend five to eight years studying one thing.
2: I, I would even equate that that experience to like people not speaking out about Senator, Senator Langford, people just like, oh, this is the the status quo. This is what we do. Let's just. And I also think there's a, a, a small piece of like, hey, let's just get through the centennial so we can show everyone like, hey, this is what we've been doing. And it's like I'm not with that. So. But yeah. A dissertation was a was a rough experience, but but here we are.
1: And speaking about Langford, I know I, I think it was Nehemiah in in his article was mentioned that you know he doesn't want to see these politicians stay on the commission and then use that for future political gain. Be like, look, look, look! I I I'm great at race relations. I was on this commission. I think he he said the commodization of of blackness or something close to that. And yeah, I mean it's it is a a real concern with some of the people who are on the
2: commission. Yeah, it's it's like uh it's obviously not the massacre, but I mean it's like re- history is re- repeating itself over and over again. I even had conversations about the tourism dollars for the Greenwood Rising. We don't know if those dollars are going back to the Black community. This is a huge red flag and he definitely needs to be off the off the commission and it really just begs the question about the commission like the fact that you're allowing this, and like I said, like I know people, I have relationships with these people on the commission. I'm holding them accountable. Like it's, it's just, it is what it is. So yeah, like it's, it's definitely the the commodification of of blackness, of black labor, and we've seen it time and time again. And you know, I'm hoping that that things will change with the commission. But as far as traveling with Africa, like if it, if it comes down to that, like we don't need them, and that's on the record.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I've made it very clear that. I don't, I've never trusted Senator Langford, mostly because his voice does not match his appearance. And it's incredibly <laughs> off-putting. Like his voice should not be that deep. Something's wrong. He is some sort of robot and uh, don't trust him.
2: I like this podcast. <laughs> I like it a lot.
0: Listen, as I tell everyone, Chris and I are, very, are two very <laughs> unserious people who like talking about serious things. Let's talk about the, the centennial and what its goal should be versus what it looks like its goal is going to be, which is we don't, we don't want it to just be an examination of what happened 100 years ago. We want it to be a conversation and sort of policy-changing starter conversation about how the way the black community was treated then till now has not changed that much. And there are still very specific things that are challenging yeah. for, I, I would say, multiple minority groups in Tulsa. And that's what this should be about because the massacre is not a flash in the pan happened for no reason sort of event it was a culmination of a series of things
2: yeah and i would even shout out to um dr demario solomon simmons and tiffany crutcher and and others revan turner the lawsuit is where I, i immediately thought about as you were talking they're fighting for reparations and rightfully so and i think that should be the conversation on the fact that, to my knowledge, the commission is not supporting that. Showing me like people are saying this is not a nonpartisan you know, issue, but like politics is obviously embedded in what's happening. It should be about this lawsuit and supporting um, the black community. It should be about the tourism dollars that should be going to the black businesses. It should be about the Greenwood Arts Project and all these community people. I believe they have over a 100 Events or ideas that they planned. It should be about finding little Africa and the artists and what they're doing, but it's not. It's about a building that obviously is going to have a lot of influence for sure. But there's a lot of things that are happening in this culture and that are not being told, and it's just unfortunate. And I and I have to be remiss if I didn't say like I question if the ancestors are, are proud of what's going to be coming down the pipeline in May. And and I hope things will will change around eventually, but. Yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate to, to, to know that people are allowing their egos and their political games or whatever you want to call it to get in the way of truly maximizing this opportunity of having the lights on Tulsa. And I think more than anything, um, Final Africa will be that beacon of hope where it's like, you know what? All this other shit is, is, is not where it needs to be. But damn, this fine little Africa is doing exactly what every like it's, it is a I'm not even saying it just because it's, it's it's me and I'm overseeing it. Like it is a true body of communal work. Like people are truly coming together and putting egos aside and like, yo, let's let's make this the best moment that we can. And it's unfortunate that I don't see that through and through, but it is what it is sometimes. And, I, and I'm at this point, I'm, I'm like, what can I control? What do I have the ability to do? Like, how much leverage do I have, or cultural wealth do I have to to make things work? And if if people are not willing to to move out the way, then I'll just focus on Fila and make it the best entity product that people will see. And I truly believe once we get the ball rolling, people will see 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 exactly what we're trying to do.
0: Well, and and, and it's it's new. You're creating new art to celebrate a a past community that also had that energy and that spark. And I feel like that is, that is better than talking about just history and dates and numbers and arguing over whether it's a bomb or an incendiary device. And like talking about, talking about like, what do we do with this cultural memory now? And how do we, like, how do you rebuild a community that can't be rebuilt now? Cause there's a ginormous college campus there. Right. Like, what do we do as a city? Like you can use this opportunity to yell at our white listeners. Like this is what this is what we do every episode. It's mostly Chris and I complaining about our fellow white people.
2: So there so there's two things with that. One is this this project is a time capsule. And I actually text Steph Simon earlier today, I'm like, man, the, the story is 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 being written. Like we're writing the story. Every day I wake up it's like, Wow, this is another like point that I can put in this narrative. Um, which is truly, truly grateful because I'm, I'm always been a person like, oh, this is cool, but well, what do I need to think about moving forward? But like to truly see it unfolding is great. To go back to your comment about white folks, it's just, hey, you have the, the, the resources, you have the connections, you have the money, support us, and then get out the way. We will give you brand recognition and all those great things, but like. Don't tell us what we need to do. Don't tell us how it needs to look. Don't tell us how it needs to sound. And I always say this: the hip hop always gets a bad rep because of it's it's loud and it's vulgar and it's like I always you know negate that with the language is unsettling because the 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 history has been unsettled. So until white folks like settle this, whether through reparations or through support and moving out the way, then you're, you're gonna keep. You're gonna keep getting the same amount of of loud and non censored language within hip hop. It's not gonna change until the powers that be change. So that's what I would I would say. Like we this is not saying we hate white people. This is not a I even said it in the documentary. This is not a we hate white people. It is a a love for blackness and holding people accountable who Always want credit for things, and it's just like we don't we don't care about the credit we care about the work um, and as long as you have those same um, sensibilities, then everything else will take care of itself so you know that's what I would say to the to the listeners
1: yeah the the discussion around reparations to me has always been interesting because I mean you can obviously point and it's a fact that. That wealth was destroyed. And we know that wealth grows over time. So you basically set back an entire community. That I mean, there's there's not even really a discussion about that. That that's what happened. And and two, it's not like people are gonna go around and take money out of each person's house. It's not like people are gonna come in and say, well, I get I get your car because of what your ancestors did. No, I mean, reparations is about giving people back what was stolen from them. And to me, that's what's always, I, it's like people feel like if somebody else is getting something, then they're losing something. They And they can't get past that. I don't know if it's that, or if they just don't want to admit to themselves that something bad happened, and even if they didn't directly contribute to it, they're still benefiting yeah, from it today. It
2: makes absolutely no sense that people think they're gonna lose something Primarily because, I mean, I don't see too many white people on, in the Greenwood district area or on the north side. So it's like, what what are we taking from you? We just want back what what was ours. It makes absolutely no sense. And with everything that happened at the at the Capitol last week, you really can't have conversation with folks who don't see black humanity. Like, truly, I talk about it all the time. Like, you know, I have a Ph.D. and I've, I've reached the pinnacle of education. But yet, I will be killed quicker than you all would be, and it's that's just a part of what we're talking about. So to answer your question, like it makes absolutely no sense, and I don't know what else to say about it. It's just it's just really stupid, to be honest.
0: Part of me, when looking at the pictures and the videos of the attempted insurrection, part of my mind was almost not calmed, but. I kind of smirked when there was a combination of both Confederate flags, which I expected, and then a, a plethora of like holocaust- related merch people were wearing. And it kind of almost made me like, I'm like, all right, uh, the hate hasn't changed. Like they're still sa- hating the same two to three groups, and I don't have to I don't have to pretend to think that people who hate one group might not hate the other. Like it doesn't my worldview and my understanding of racism, anti-Semitism, and general hatred it's still pretty accurate. I was weirdly th- soothed by that.
1: I think one of the reasons to me it felt uh, that I had a similar reaction as you Jesse is that but it kind of made it to where it, it told us again that we, what we already know is that appeasement doesn't work. I mean we do, we don't need to sit here and listen to people's side of the story that are going to do stuff like that. We don't need to sit here and say we need to walk in their shoes and figure no. No, that that we tried mm-hmm. that for 200 years it doesn't work. Okay? It's it's it, it's time for us to stop trying to um appease people who hate everyone and 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 mm-hmm. hate anything that makes the country better. I mean, it's just it's just true. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, it just it doesn't work anymore.
0: We're recording this on January 11th of 2024ish months away from the event, the the centennial. What what is uh, fire in little africa have planned for these months where no matter no matter what you think about how the commemorations happening attention is going to be on telsa so this is the best time for you and this project to make sure you are seen so what is the what's the plan for the next couple months
2: so the podcast the documentary the album like um, even having some national artists potentially on this project was going to be really dope so that's the news and uh uh we're really looking forward to uh to working with them
1: i just hope you're archi- keeping uh uh lots of you know memorabilia and stuff like that for in a few decades when we have the fire in little africa center opening up we want plenty of archives for that
2: too. <laughs> since you mentioned that we've been talking about a time capsule that we'll do when the album is released to where not only the artists but community Individuals can come and put stuff into the capsule. And we will, I think we're going to try to talk to the Greenwood Rising to have a space available to where we can bury that. And in the next hundred years, 21 21 21 that's crazy to say, we will have it to where we would want people to pull that stuff back up and, and share it with the next generation. So make it plain like this is not an idea. It's a legacy project slash movement that we really want people to feel like they're a part of part of FILA for sure.
1: Let us know how people can stay connected. Follow you. Follow uh Fire and Little Africa. So, whatever you got left, throw it at us.
2: Africa dot com. I mean our IG at Fire and Little Africa. We have a link a uh, link tree link on our Instagram with all of our articles from the Grammys, Rolling Stone. Podcasts, playlists, I mean, you name it, everything is there. Spotify, I think we're like 40, 41 episodes within our podcast now. Looking to have some national people on the on the podcast, for sure. So, yeah, if you want to support us, we have a donate link on our website. I think it's com backslash donate. And it is a Tulsa Community Foundation fund that we set up. It's a hip-hop educational fund. Where those funds will go towards a fund where artists after Fila can apply for those funds for production, anything that they need um, in regards to their art. So, tr- truly trying to give give back to to the artists. So, if you want to donate, you want to support Final Little Africa, please do that. We yeah. have merch.
0: So, listen, right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy one of these hoodies. So,
2: <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, it's it's shout out to. Uh, Trey Jackson with Greenwood Ave who developed all the um, marketing for that. It's just truly, truly, we would, we would love everyone's support. This is a communal project. And I think once people grasp that this was organized by local people, I think I would equate Final Little Africa to what the great work that Stacy Abrams did in Georgia. Like it truly is like people just putting their heads together and saying, Hey, we want to see something different and how do we make that happen. So um, truly support Fire and Little Africa. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram, too. I'm at DrView, D-R-V-I-E-W-1, um, as well. And uh, if you have any questions, let me know.
0: What have you been doing when you haven't been working on Fire and Little Africa? To sort of just, like, not worry about your work or the world? Like, Chris and I are both big pop culture nerds, so we always ask people, like, what has been your pop culture comfort food? Like, are you watching cooking shows? Are you watching People Forge Knives, as one of our previous guests did? What are you watching or playing or doing to relax?
2: Yeah. Any spare time that I have, if I'm not you know, playing with my son, we're not reading a book, if he's not, he's a big Avengers fan, I mean, he loves them all. He loves them all. If I'm not playing with him, if I'm not Watching something on Netflix with my wife, like I'm truly just trying to like keep myself grounded in, in creating. And so I'm a big sample heavy type of producer, big on like '70s funk. So actually, my favorite artist is a poet. It's uh, Gil Scott-Heron. He's my favorite artist, as well as Roy Ayers and Bobby Humphrey. These are all flute players and and musicians. Like like these are these are people that I Quincy Jones. I mean, these are people that I thoroughly love to learn and, and listen from so i'm always trying to just create um make music i think that was i live a boring life like i'm I'm just gonna be honest
0: you did say that you watch things with your wife on netflix so what are
2: those things um we watched uh gosh is it queen's gambit uh, uh, yes we, we watched that mm-hmm. I've, I've seen uh yeah uh, we're big on power um big on uh, for life, it's on. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Grey's Anatomy, like we've we've. Oh my gosh, we've watched all the, all the seasons. I try not to get too into it because I'll get emotional with certain people. I feel like this is probably Grey's time to to let it go. I think she's almost died at least five times in, in Grey's <laughs> Anatomy. It's, I think it's I think it's her time to go. And those are just a couple couple right. things that we watch uh, for sure. But like I said, yeah. I live a boring life. I'm, I go to the gym like five in the morning and I'm working going to the studio at night and I'm doing it all over again. So that's, 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 that's kind of what I do.
0: Thank you all for listening to our interview with Dr. View. Please make sure to follow fire in little Africa or Fila on Instagram and on Facebook and uh, check out their sort of uh, documentary slash talk at the Sundance film festival that the circle cinema is doing.
1: Also look for them on Spotify.
0: Thank you, Chris, who's always here on these outros books every five episodes. You're welcome. If anyone is actually still listening to this episode and is in the uh, marketing department of their company and you're looking at a way to give back to your community, paw for good is always looking for sponsors. If you are actually interested in that, you can email me at Jesse.Ulrich at Rand9.com and what seems like a never ending announcement to the city of Broken Arrow, please get your shit together. Telsa, get it done, and everyone out there, please, wear a mask.